1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Welcome to another episode of Talk Smart with Pew. Pew and McCart. I'm Andrew McCart. That's Joe Pugh. Episode 21. Joe, yes. 21 times we've done this and I, I'm enjoying every second of it.
3: Yeah, certainly when we've got a lot to talk about. And there is a fair amount to talk about today. There's been uh, two shows over the past weekend, a Friday and Saturday. Luckily enough to have been one each, apiece, So we can tell you firsthand all the action that went down. I was in Brighton, you was in Newcastle.
2: Uh, where do you want to start, mate? I want to start in Brighton just now because you had a fun time down in Brighton where Chris Eubanks Sr. Now. Boxing is all about personalities, and boxing needs big personalities. And Could you get a bigger personality in boxing than Chris Eubank Sr.? I don't think so, and I think boxing needs him, and he's good for boxing. So, yeah, how was it with, uh, first of all, Harlem, Eubank, that fight week? with Wasserman, and having Senior there? Yeah, we'll talk about Senior in a minute, but we'll just
3: start off with Harlem and his fight against Timo Schwarzkopf. Um, Timo are a really credible opponent. And uh, when the distance for Jack Catterall been in there with some really really tough 140 fighters, and Harlem put on probably his best performance to date of his career. And it was no secret that he was struggling with the weight, and that's why it's already been declared. It was declared kind of 12 days before the actual fight that it would be his last fight at 140. Um, but that being said, it was a great performance. It had a little bit of everything that fight. Uh, his ups and downs, he he was starting to kind of lose it a bit towards the middle rounds and then he knocked him out in the end really, really good performance from Harlem Eubank and after all the spiel that Chris was doing prior to the fight, after the fight he needed to put a performance in like that to kind of back it up and I'm pleased for Harlem because he's a great, great guy and uh, yeah talk about Chris So I've I've had the um, opportunity to interview Chris and Harlem together three times now in the past twelve days and every time they just deliver. Um, yeah, absolutely madness. What did you make it make of it from your end? Because I know you saw Connor and Eddie and a lot of stuff there was pointed towards them in the interviews I've done with them.
2: Well I think Connor and Eddie had shared the same sentiment as me that it's good to see Senior back in boxing. It's good to have him back. And good to see him in front of the camera and doing what he does and uh yeah, they they shared that that same sentiment as me. But when I saw watched the interview that you did with them, you know I I, I said to you? I thought Chris was funny. I think the way he comes across. I don't like something. I still don't know if Chris has been one hundred percent serious the way he comes across. But yeah, his personality. I don't know if he goes home at night and is a different character. Or this is just an act that he's filled the country with for the past thirty forty years. But that is the Chris Eubank Senior that we we've come to love, and the way he was talking about Connor Ben. Uh, that he's disgraced the family name if he goes up to fight uh, his son Jr. at 160 because he needs to get his license. I can see where he's coming from, but then he's wanting to fight Harlem Eubank. Um, I don't see where that fight makes sense right now, Harlem Eubank. Um, Obviously, if Harlem comes up to 147, he's got that Eubank name, but Connor said to me, this isn't about cousins, nephews or uncles. The reason why me, me and Chris Eubank Jr., is is a massive fight is because we are our father's sons. Our fathers had two fights together, right? Two wars together. And now their sons are fighting. That's where the story is. It's not with Harlem Eubank. He might have that Eubank name, but there's no storyline there. And I think, um, I like Harlem. I've met Harlem. Harlem. I've been to loads of his fights. He's a great guy, great fighter. And if he moves up to 147, I'm excited because he he is a perfectionist. He's a, he enjoys boxing and he like he you know how he does that stance because he yep. I think he likes to what, what like it's an art form, he calls it. And he studies the mm. art form of boxing and you can see that in his performances and the way he fights. Um but I, again boxing's boxing, it's a crazy old world, man. And we're saying right now it doesn't make sense for her and Eubank to fight Conor Ben, but we don't know what's gonna happen in twelve months. We really don't and what Connor said about, if
3: not about uncles, nephews, and everything about that, I think it's at a stage now where Eubank Jr. versus Connor ben isn't even really about the family name. It comes into it, certainly, but mm-hmm. where everything has happened around this fight, it was meant to happen nearly 18 months ago by the time that they do fight what we're looking like in February, early February in Tottenham, which I'm sure we'll speak about. I think it's become bigger than just the Ben mm-hmm. Eubank name. I think this has got a real story behind it, and it's it's got a lot of kind of bad blood between the two of them, because I'm sure they'll both agree that when it first got announced, there weren't no real bad blood. They would have solved the fight. But now with everything that's happened in this past year, it's really, really going to be an albiter. This is really, really going to really, really be a fight where there's a lot of bad blood there, and it's real bad blood, and I'm sure we'll see that when we do get the press conference, we get the announcements. But that's not to say that Harlem can't, Go to £147 and start really making a name for himself. And you never know. You said, who knows what could happen in 12 months of boxing? Mm -hmm. We could be sitting here, maybe a Ben Eubank, then another Ben Eubank, then another Ben Eubank. And they don't even know which Eubank. That that is the crazy thing and the crazy world we're looking at. I asked um, Nissa Sowland, if not Conor Ben, who would you like for him to fight? He's down the likes of Lewis Ritson. He thinks he's moving up to £147. Pounds. Uh, Robbie Davis Jr. So big domestic names. That's what Harlem Eubank wants next, whether that be Conor Ben
2: or else. Well, I spoke to Tony Simmons, Eddie Hearn, and Conor himself, and they they seem to be... You can almost... See, when you do interviews with somebody, Joe, you can almost sense off them that it's close or something's been signed and we're, we're going to get announcements soon. And that's what I got from Tony and Eddie and, and Conor that... Listen, just just bide your time. It's going to happen. And December 3rd, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We saw that Eddie was at the Chelsea Tottenham game the other week there. And he put up a cryptic message on his Instagram saying, great, great game. Love the stadium. We'll see you soon. Do you know what I mean? And being a the conspiracy theorist that I am, uh, I was putting two, two, two and two to come together and coming up with five. And I think that's what he was alluding to. So I think it's going to be February 3rd. Ben Eubank uh, or Eubank Ben however the contract's written I don't know which name's first uh, this time round um, I think it's going to happen and listen for me I'm, I'm 41 years old so I was a kid I was like a 10, 12 year old 10, 11, 12 year old watching Eubank Senior and Nigel Ben fighting each other with my dad in the living room I think it was IT, mm. box office back in the day or ITV back in the day that had the rights for it so, for me, it's kind of like a little nostalgia-type feeling f- to watch their sons fight. And even I, I hope like seniors in the corner or there or thereabouts in involved in the fight in some way with, with son junior. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's going to be like a nostalgic fe- feeling because I watched them as a kid, their dad's fight, and now their son's fight, and, and now I get the opportunity to maybe... Well, I've interviewed both of them before in the past, but who knows? I could be at their fight ringside watching their fight. 20... What are we talking? 28... 27, 28 years later, um, mm. I'm at the ringside for their sons' fight, which is just an absolutely surreal moment for me personally. But like I said to you, it's going to be a nostalgic feeling. And what I'm looking forward to, um, obviously, there's all we've spoken about on numerous occasions about Conor Ben needing to get his license back and clear his name and, and and all this sort of stuff. And he probably still needs to do that in, in a sense. But um, this fight in itself is absolutely huge. It's a massive fight, way bigger than what it was the first time around. Because, like you said, yeah. There might have been a little bit of manufactured blood, bad blood there, but now there's bad blood. Now these two don't like each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, certainly.
3: And it, Obviously, I, I don't really like talking about with the licence thing at the moment because we just don't know how that's going to play out. But it's all looking like all roads are leading leading towards that February 3rd day at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, we've seen boxing there in the past, twice now, with AJ and Tyson Fury. And, yeah, hopefully we'll see it again. But you was in Newcastle. Uh, the are uh, very, very north to me and very, very south to you, <laughs> even still. But, yeah, how was it, mate? Because
2: it was a tough night for some some really, really exciting prospects, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. But I'll touch on this. We do, There's a match from there, fight, uh, fight Day 5K, and Eddie Hearn beat me on time this time round. I've got a bad ankle. So I've done it in 25 mm. minutes and he done it in 22 and a half minutes. And uh, that'll be the first and last time Eddie Hearn ever beats me on a 5k, that's a fact. But going to the, the the fight himself, Eddie, Eddie said to me as well in Liverpool of three weeks ago that he wants to see his young guns show him something. And where that is inside the ring and outside of the ring, show him a personality, show him, show the fans your personality. And I think we got that with the likes of Mark Dickinson and Ishmael Davis and you know, these these young guys coming through, even a little bit of maybe maybe a little bit more of Shabazz as well, because Shabazz was doing a little bit. He was showing a little bit more of his personality. Um, and I think we got a little bit of spice and needle, and that really, really made the fight night exciting because there was a lot of bad blood and a lot of heated yeah. arguments and back and forth between three or four of the fights on the card. So when it came to fight night, like listen, listen, the fights were all good. We had uh, Owen Reese at the start and a great fight, got the stoppage in the third round, I believe, third out of four or five, six, I can't remember, it was the second to last round. Anyway, then we had his brother, Ben Reese, who's a very, very talented uh, talented prospect. He got dropped one overhand right, bounced back up and ended up stopping his opponent, and he was distraught after the fight, just due to the fact that because he was annoyed with himself that he got clipped and he got dropped by a guy he should be beating quite easily. Yeah. Um, so he was quite upset about that. And then we had Jimmy Sainz. I'm pretty sure you might know Jimmy Sainz from being down that way. Uh, yes, right. He's an exciting young prospect coming through, especially in that Tony Sims gym. Um, I mean, he's got a lot to, to bounce off, a lot of fighters to bounce off in Connor Ben, John Ryder, yeah. Joe Cardina, um, Craig Richards. I probably missed a couple out, but that's not a bad little gym to, to be learning your trade in. Then we went on the main card. We had Ishmael Davis stopping Ewan McKenzie. Ewan McKenzie's got the biggest set of nuts I've ever seen in my life because he was, he was fighting back, even though he was getting hit hard here and there. He was fighting back. Uh, it, the towel came in in the ninth round, I believe. So Ishmael got the win. And that was just that was the story all the way through. It was just back and yeah. forth in quite a lot of the fights. We had a back and forth with uh, Callum French and Jeff Aforey. Jeff Aforey beat Callum French, who's one of the exciting prospects coming through. We had Mark Dickinson, Boo Boo Dickinson, who stopped uh, Grant Dennis, who doesn't really get stopped. He went the distance with Kevin Ojago in Dublin, and in the main event was Shabaz Masood or oh, Young Cameron Vong as well, who showed a mature performance. And in the main event itself, whoa, I'm doing like an Eddie Hearn here. I feel like I'm Eddie Hearn spitting off all these names in these fights. Um, a, a blow par performance from Sha, uh, uh, Shabaz Masood in his own in, in his own words. And I'll probably agree with them because it was a it was a close fight, it was a tight-knit fight. Ben Davison said it, Eddie Hearn said it, Shabazz said it himself that it was below par, no excuses. Um it was just wasn't his night. He was and he, and he got the win, which was a split decision. And he could have made excuses though, Joe. Shabazz could have made he had COVID three weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? It was a, he had to weigh in for the second time because he had made made weight three weeks prior, he had to go back and do it all again, make weight again. So after coming back from COVID three weeks later, so he, he, there was excuses there to be made, but the young man didn't make any excuses, which was which was which was refreshing to see. But yeah, fun card to, to be involved. I like these next gen. I like these these when the young guns um, go at it, and I think we've got a, a a good few stars on on the rise. But that being said, Joe, the main talking point with Eddie Hearn post fight was this uh, Saudi Arabia fight card on December 23rd because Frank Warren said he's going to be involved in it. Eddie Hearn said, well, he's not said, but he's he's in talks with Saudi Arabia to be involved with a couple of matchroom fighters on it. So, I mean, that'll be the first time that Eddie and Frank are doing a show together. So that'll be interesting in itself. But yeah, what do you think of this rumoured card out in Saudi Arabia, December 23?
3: I think it'll be the first time they'll actually be in a room together, let alone do a card together. Exactly, so it could be very, very interesting And That could be entertainment in itself in the build-up to see how that plays out. But, yeah, um, heard whispers that there would still be a Saudi Arabia show on the 23rd of December because I think they have put plans in to already kind of put the stadium in place and put the the infrastructures that they do for this Riyadh season. And um, coming off the back of... Fury and Garnu. When we knew we weren't going to see Fury Usic on that date, I know and Garnu was being spoken about still fighting, maybe fighting someone like I heard maybe Joseph Park or Zhang or someone like that. And that kind of didn't come to fruition because I think on about Wednesday or Thursday, Francis and Garnu said, "No, I'm fully focused on a Tyson Fury rematch next." So mm-hmm. then you're kind of looking round, and we know there. That there's excitement in heavyweights over in Saudi Arabia. And you're looking around, you're looking at your Anthony Joshua's, your De- Deontay Wilder's, your biggest boys. And then it gets kind of leaked that there's talks of anti Joshua and Otto Wiley maybe in the mix. Um, Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker, Dimitri Bivol. And then today I'm seeing that Jay Oppataya could be on this card. So this could be a, an all star card. But mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, we had a heavyweight extravaganza with the Fury and Garnu, but this is like world champions, these are. Mm. Joe Pattaya, Ring Magazine, who cruised the weight champion. You've got Dimitri Bivol, who's very, very highly regarded in the pound-for-pound list, let Mm. alone the light heavyweight list. So, you know, that sprinkled with heavyweight magic in Deontay Wilde and Anthony Joshua, albeit separate fights, could be an absolute card for the ages.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And the thing that excites me is like, I'm a massive fan of Dimitri Beville. The fact that he's on the card, and oh. I think I think he's rumoured to be A lot of talk was it was going to be Richard Rivera, who's uh, very, very mm-hmm. tough. I think he's only been stopped. Or not even stopped. I think he only had one loss, and that was against, uh, oh, I can't remember. A good opponent. Anyway, I'll need to go double-check on on Boxwick to find out. But we were looking we were looking up um, Richard Rivera, and that's a very, very good opponent for Dimitri Beville. He's an absolute. I love the way he fights. As a boxing purist and a boxing fan, I just love the way he approaches the game and how he, he approaches the fight inside the ring as well. But what excite, What else is exciting me, other than Dimitri Bilbo being on the card, is the fact that we're going to have Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua in the same room together, in the same area together. Because yeah. we see what it was like with Nganu and Fury. It was hard to avoid anyone. Everybody was just there. You could be walking down the, the, the hallway or yeah. down there to a different interview and you'll bump into somebody. And I, I think as soon as Joshua and Wilder bump into each other, I don't think it'll be a push and a shove and an argy-bargy type conversation. I think it'll be a... Nah, nah. I think it would just be two top top dogs at the top of the game, just mean, listen, let's just get it on. And I think that's that's gonna add a little add a little more spice to that fight. Because outside of Joshua and Tyson Fury, which is probably the biggest fight in boxing to be made right now. I think so. I think um what Canel Benavidez, I don't think that's as big as what Joshua and Tyson Fury will be. Um, or even the rematch with Crawford and Spence. I think that right now in boxing, Tyson Fury and Joshua is the biggest fight. But the most exciting fight in boxing right now, I believe, is Joshua and Wilder. I think that's, a four, that's a four or five-round fight. That isn't going the distance. It's one of them ones where whoever lands first wins the fight. That's how I see the fight. I might be wrong. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm nine, nine times out of ten, I'm wrong. But I just think that having them two in the same vicinity and the same way in the same weigh in together and the same this, that, and the next thing, you know what it's like. We've seen what the content was like out in Saudi Arabia for Fury and Ghanu. Them two are going to bump heads at some stage. I don't mean like bump heads are going to be pushing and swearing and shoving each other, but there's going to be a heated discussion between the two of them because I think both of them want if to fight. It's always that contract and it's dot, dot, crossing the T's and dotting the I's that frustrate fighters. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Very, very excited to see what the when them two come face-to-face for the first time. I don't know if they've been face-to-face before, but when if they two come face-to-face out in Saudi Arabia. Yeah,
3: and as you say, it's, it's, there's not, not going to be no malice there at all. Um, it's just going to be two guys, like, kind of, there'll be a handshake and say, look, let's get it on, because they mm. do both want it now. They both really, really want it. It's, it's the biggest crossroads of all crossroads fights I think you'll ever start to see. Because the the winner goes straight straight into the likes of your Furies, the likes of your Usyk. I know, obviously, Wilder's fought Fury and AJ fought Usyk, but it just puts you straight back up there as one of those kings as the heavyweight division, and it does put the loser in quite an awkward situation uh, moving forward. But yeah, this card could be something really really special, and if it is a collection of all these world champions like Dmitry Bivol, like Jarretty, and I'm sure there'll be more. Then yeah, you would have never seen a card like it.
2: No. Well the rumoured fights are like we could we can speculate and say like a Joshua Wallen, um a Parker Wilder, a Dubois Bois I think Chesora might be on the card as well. Uh, I heard as well. Then you've got Jaya Ptai and then what you got, you've got Bevel, like you said. So again it's just it looks like it's gonna be I'm, again, we're just guessing here. There's this it's all guesswork because nothing's been cemented in stone yet. So um, yeah, it's just all guesswork now. but you, you can, we can dream, we can sit here and talk about it and be, say, oh, this is the fights we're looking forward to, but again you, I've been definitely been in boxing long enough, but you've probably been in boxing long enough now, Joe to realise that until they're in the ring, nothing's set in stone do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we just need to wait, we sit back, wait and see, because like I said, December 23 is what? Five weeks away on Saturday coming
3: Oh no, it's, it's coming very, very quick and very, very fast, so we will need announcements but what I will say, because we have been set up for disappointment many times in the past, Andy, like you said, mm. we've been in long enough to know. But usually, the Saudis are the ones to make it happen. And the Saudis do, when they say they're going to do something, nine times out of ten, it has come off. Mm. So that's why and my ears are pricking up. And I'm thinking, well, we could have a big, big fight
2: night two days before Christmas. And the good thing as well, Joe, is uh, five weeks out, if you're training as a heavyweight, if, you, if you're training as a heavyweight, and you're five weeks out, you can probably still fight because there's no weight cut for you guys. Do you know what I mean? If you if you're yeah. if you're a lightweight, welterweight, weight, super middleweight, featherweight, all them other weights classes, you're you are you are having to make weight. Do you know what I mean? You're trying to do a little cut. These big guys don't need to cut. Do you know what I mean? So that that that's probably that's a good that's probably one of the benefits of being a heavyweight. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And listen, Think that as soon as then that December twenty three card is announced, if it, if and when it is announced, uh, it's going to be exciting times to have a chat with you and talk about it because I think uh, the fights on it. If we're going to just guess and see who's on that card and guess who's going to fight each other, it's going to be an exciting card to to watch and be involved in. But Joe, like I say, it's what coming up to the end of the, what we're in two months left of this year, and uh, it's looking it's looking good. We've got we've got the the. Ben Eubank announcement to be made. I think that will be made shortly within the next couple of weeks. December 23, we've got a very good card uh, from Frank Warren in Manchester this week with the magnificent seven. He's calling it, with Nick Ball and Liam Davis, Echo solomon Solomon Dacres, uh, Nathaniel Collins, my countryman. Got a good card there. And obviously, I think Eddie Hearn's out in LA for Diego Pacheco, who he says is the next star in the super mid- middleweight division. So next Sunday, Joe, this Sunday coming, even it's going to be. More to talk about, and a lot more to talk about.
3: Yeah, there certainly is. Um, great, great card put on by Frank Warren on Saturday night. Check it out. Nick Bull versus Isaac Dobbo is going to be an absolute banger. Um, you've also got Adam Zima out and Wolverhampton, That's right. and you can't yeah. mention, you can't forget to mention. There's a little sprinkle of misfits in there somewhere. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but it's an action packed weekend of boxing. At whatever level, when well, I do mean whatever level, with uh, Misfits all the way through to uh, L.A. with Diego Bacheco and the next stars of Pound for Pound Boxing, if we're being led to believe what Eddie Hearn's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, look forward to uh, seeing you next Sunday, and we'll get straight into it, mate. Joe, where can they find us, buddy? Mate, they can find us on every single major streaming platform your Spotify's, your iTunes, your Amazons. And then we go onto the YouTube, we go to the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitters. You know where to find us. IFL TV, Talk Smart with Pugh and McCart, every week. Grace in your ears,
2: hopefully. Well done, Joe. Peace, brother. Peace out. See you later, mate.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.